Coming up, it's time for Hanukkah and the ultimate showdown between the ancient Greeks and the Maccabees. Welcome, everybody, to At Home in Jerusalem, the podcast on H.com. I'm Heather Dean, and this is the place where each week a well-known Torah scholar drops by for a visit and shares important insights that'll make home life better. This week, I'm speaking with Rabbi Ken Spiro, a senior lecturer and researcher for Aish HaTorah's Discovery Seminars. He's also the author of World Perfect, The Jewish Impact on Civilization, and Crash Course in Jewish History. And I'm on location at the home of Rabbi Spiro's family, and we are discussing Hanukkah, the first religious ideological war in history. Welcome, Rabbi Ken Spiro, to At Home in Jerusalem. Thank you. You know, there's this perception that, uh, in a nutshell, the Hanukkah story is about Jews fighting for their freedom, right, from Greek occupation. The real story is uh, that uh, Alexander the Great, the great conqueror, of, a ruler of the United Greece, conquered the land of Israel around 331 BCE. And the Hanukkah story takes place in the middle of the second century, about 150 years later. And Alexander was actually one of the few people to conquer the land of Israel peacefully, without a battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the notion of that it was a struggle for personal freedom against the occupation of a foreign power is not really correct. The, the Greeks, in the end, were not attacking Jews, they were attacking Judaism. Mm-hmm. After 150 years of, is, of the land of Israel being under the Greek empire and Jews not assimilating into Greek culture, which was the universal culture of the uh, Mediterranean two and a half thousand years ago, the Greeks decided to basically, with their Jewish allies, mm-hmm. a minority of very assimilated Jews, mm-hmm. basically force the Jews to give up their Judaism. Had the Jews just dropped their Judaism, the Greeks would have had no problem with mm-hmm. the, the physical presence of the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was a minority. A minority were Hellenized. I, exactly. I didn't realize that. Why is the Jewish fight against the Greeks in Hellenism, why is that considered the first ideological religious war? Was it always about something else before then? Well, first of all, the major reason for war is greed, power, control of land. Well, throughout history, people, there'll be wars on religious lines between Protestants and Catholics, mm-hmm. and you see things like this in Europe. Um, the reality is it's usually a deeper struggle over power that happens to break down over religious lines. But in the ancient world, um, before you had other monotheistic faiths, everyone was a polytheist. And the polytheistic world, you had your own gods and the country next to you had its own gods, but you swapped them like baseball cards. Uh, The Romans, for instance, absorbed thousands of foreign gods into their pantheon. Hmm. So people didn't go to war for religious reasons in the ancient world. Right. It was like land. It was power. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rome, Greece, it was all about power Mm. and conquest. Mm. Interesting. When we talk about the ancient Greeks and then the the Jewish army, how, how would you match up those armies? So again, Alexander the Great was one of the greatest conquerors in history with an, arm, with an army of about 45,000 men. He conquered pretty much the entire known world in the West in 10 years. So the Greeks, when they conquered the land of Israel, they were the, the world superpower. They had their phalanx of guys with super long spears lined up. They had elephants. They had a... Uh, a a very highly skilled, very seasoned army. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Jews, of course, were operating at a great disadvantage, having much smaller forces, Mm -hmm. much more poorly trained. And the Hanukkah story starts out as a guerrilla war, actually, Mm -hmm. um, where a small band of Jews led by the the son of the high priest, Mattathias, his son, most famous son, Judah, organizes a small guerrilla army. He's a real genius of guerrilla fighting tactics and takes on Greek armies very much larger than his. Mm -hmm. No one knows the exact size of the armies, but the Jewish armies usually didn't exceed at their largest, maybe 12,000 men, while the Greeks could field armies four times that large. Mm -hmm. What were some of his tactics? 
Curious. Well, Ali, I always say that because I love military history. Okay. Yehuda Maccabee is the great example. I always tell people, if you want to know what all great generals do, even if he wasn't a general by rank, A, he's always on the offensive, and B, he always does the unexpected. And if you read in the book of the Maccabees, which is the account of the fighting, which is, by the way, not in the Jewish Bible, although it is in a Catholic Bible, uh, you see that, that Judah Maccabee uh, consistently attacks the Greeks hmm. when they're not expecting it, mm -hmm, constantly mm -hmm. on the offensive, wow. using the element of surprise. He wins many, many victories over yeah. forces that are much larger than his. Yeah. So it's quite a brilliant military campaign. Interesting. How many weeks or months did this war go on? So people don't also understand that Hanukkah is a very long, drawn-out story. It took about three years of fighting for uh, Judah Maccabee's armies to reconquer Jerusalem and rededicate the temple, which is the whole focus of the Hanukkah story. Jerusalem was lost again to the Greeks. There's a lot of subterfuge and murder and broken treaties and negotiations. The entire struggle took about 25 years. 25 and, years. And in which most of the Maccabean brothers, there were five of them, mm -hmm. were either murdered or died in mm -hmm. battle. Mm -hmm. um, and finally, the Greeks just got worn out by it and gave up trying to control the land of Israel. Right, right. now, in some of your lectures, you've talked about that there was a, a peace agreement with the Jews and the Seleucid Greeks. Who were they? Well, the, when Alexander died, his empire divided into several pieces. Okay. One was in the east, the area of Syria, which was called the Seleucids. Ah, okay. And the, the kings were all called Antiochus, Antiochus. Mm. And in the, across the other side to the, to the west were the Ptolemies, which was in Egypt, centered in Egypt. And they were the Ptolemaic kings. They were all called Ptolemy I and Ptolemy II. And Israel originally, when Alexander dies, is part of the Ptolemaic Empire. And then in 181 BCE, it's after a battle of Panias, it switches over to being uh, controlled by the Seleucids. Okay. And I'm wondering, is the military victory bigger than the spiritual victory? Well, it's interesting that you'd think that the military victory is actually much right. more impressive, that Israel managed to, with a guerrilla army, vastly outnumbered and under-equipped, defeat a major world power with the latest military technology, right. including things like elephants, which, were the, which Alexander imported from India because he fought them when he tried to conquer India. Um, you'd think that that would be the bigger story, but the reality is the whole Jewish focus of Hanukkah is on... The, the, the menorah, the, the oil lamp in the temple lasting for eight days instead of one day. And that's like, you should scratch your head and say, what's going on? But if you again recognize what I said at the beginning, that the real threat in Hanukkah was spiritual, not physical. And the real victory ultimately was the survival of Judaism. Mm -hmm. Had the Greeks won that battle, there would be no Jewish people, there'd be no Judaism, mm. there'd be no Christianity, there'd be no Islam, there'd be no monotheism, and the whole world would be an entirely different place. Mm. So the real power of, this, of Hanukkah is the spiritual victory, right. not so much the physical victory, and the consequences which reverberate throughout time until today. Right. I'm also wondering, you know, how can you not love Hanukkah? There are Jewish people of all different levels of religious observance, and we all love Hanukkah. But I'm wondering, from your perspective, how parents can convey to their children the importance of the Hanukkah story of standing up and fighting for our religious ideology. Right, that's a great question. Um, again, part of it is just, you know, victory of the oppressed over the oppressors, which is a universal theme. But I think much deeper as it relates to children, since so many Jews, especially young Jews, think that Judaism is meaningless and irrelevant, when you can start out by explaining the bigger picture holistically of what was going on in the ancient world, how we were the only monotheists for 2,000 years, mm. and how all the values that, if you live in America, all, you know, all the basic values of Western civilization I spoke about previously are a byproduct of Judaism. You know, none of those values would be in the world today had we lost that battle. Yeah. So the real message of Hanukkah is, is a Jewish pride, a recognition of the incredibly transformative 
impact of Jewish ideas on shaping the consciousness of, of civilization mm-hmm. and the importance of the mission of the Jewish people throughout history, not just two and a half thousand years ago, but of, of today. God knows the world needs values just as much. It's right. basically a rudderless ship. And if a little Jewish kid hears, you know, that we're responsible for teaching the world these values and the, and the struggle goes on today, maybe not militarily, but when you're, you're part of this amazing story, I think that's a great message to take right. away from Hanukkah. Right. Very, very strengthening. I appreciate that uh, you've shared your insights and information about Hanukkah and really brought it home from a historical perspective. Thanks so much, Rabbi Ken Spiro. You're welcome. There's so much more to read about, watch, listen to on H.com about Hanukkah. Check it out. And thanks for listening. Thank you.